all of us have the elements of the solar and the lunar, the masculine and the feminine. And when we come together in relationship with others and we can embody the fullness again of who we are, I think that there can be such wonderful expression and gifts of connection that are not available to us if we are trying to stay within the box of who society tells us we're supposed to be. This is the place of community connection, where we honor and celebrate each individual's unique gifts and passions, share rituals for all the seasons and cycles of life, and bring light to both ancient and modern practices that transform communities to the new earth paradigm, one that is more loving, compassionate, and life-affirming. This is the Nourish Collective. I'm Jeanette Seeley. And I'm Kate Strakosh. We are so grateful that you are here with us. And we'd like to acknowledge that we're coming to you from Lenape land, right along the Matitaconk River on the Jersey Shore. We bow to our teachers, our teachers' teachers, our mentors, our ancestors, our guides, past, present, and future. Our intention is to offer an inclusive, trauma-sensitive space. We will be mindful about cultivating this. And we'd also like to acknowledge that we are both cis, able-bodied, white women. And we are committed to being open to doing better. Thank you so much for taking this journey with us. Welcome. So beautiful to be here with you today. I'm so happy we are just in this conversation in this place in our lives and get to share it out with our community. Yes. So Kate and I were just chatting about the difference of feminine and masculine archetypes and how we're healing deep wounds and coming together and working through things that are generations deep. And the inspiration for this was an email that I received today from Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. So this quote came through an email. Who is Mother Night and why do we need her now? Mother Night is the quintessential medial woman, a woman who can walk in two worlds, one who knows and who can reveal solid ways of living and unleashing creative life in both worlds. I love that. I love that too. And that's what brought us to the conversation that we were having today. And I think first it would be good to kind of riff on what does she mean by two worlds? So much of her work and at least what I've learned from her is really dancing in both the linear and the luminal, the creative realm, where we can be so in our bodies and so connected to our own wisdom. And then we can at the same time, not an if or scenario, but really operate in this realm with other individuals, with a productive community in work, in creating abundance and working in the realm of the materialistic realm 
not living materialistic, but operating in both, that we can tap into our own ancient wisdom and yet still be fully present in the modern world and technology that we live in. And that's just my personal interpretation. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely beautiful. I listened to this book, the audio book. I love to do this with Clarissa, with Dr. Estes, because she is such a magnificent storyteller. And yeah, you, you expressed it so beautifully. I think it's the liminal and the real, the psyche and the tangible. And that space of what she calls seeing in the dark, when we can enter into the intuitive luminous body and really listen deeply to what's being held in the collective and what is coming into our immediate fields through the clients and the work that we're doing. And Kate and I are both doing deep work with women and men and sexuality. So a fascinating topic. We could go on and on forever about it, but we wanted to kind of bring about some specific pieces and bits of it today to illuminate and really gain clarity on what our own insight is and what we've seen work as well as to hear from you what is in your field at this moment. I'm glad to be having this conversation with you right now, Jeanette, because of what specifically you just said with the collective field. And right now, there's so much shadow work, quote unquote, that's being explored. But really, the shadow of each of us are our egos. But it's the pieces of ourselves that we try to tuck away. And we don't either accept ourselves, or we are afraid of being judged by others. And one of the first elements of that that comes to my mind is shame. And when shame has a place in our bodies, in our fields, it can cause such a halt on expression and moving forward and connection with others. What I see with the work that I do with both women and men, shame around sexuality. It's shame that we are so afraid to express it or on the other side of that, that, well, it's, it's not expressing it from if, if it's too big, then we need to play really small. And then shame shows up as inflammation, infertility, lack of sexual arousal, really lack of connection within our own energy field, within our own vitality and our life force and how that just manifests in so many different facets. And then there's a lot of unveiling and reclamation and healing that comes along with it. I love that word reclamation. Yeah, it is, it is our natural state to experience pleasure to be sensual beings, to live in our five senses and to receive the gift of being embodied. But shame and society and experiences that are traumatic can disconnect us from our bodies, disconnect us from the ability to seek and find pleasure and then express in different ways as illness, as anger or rage or all different kinds of things, addiction, you know, 
just the list goes on and on of how unexpressed trauma and unexpressed sexuality impact us as individuals and us as a society. So it's really powerful to do this work, to begin to unwind and reclaim the natural state of our being so we can step into the fullness of who we are. To reclaim not only just for ourselves, but for each other, singles, partners, friends, communities. Shame could even show up, and we've talked about this before, with the whole aspect of women shaming other women around how overtly expressive or depressed they are in their body and the bodies and the competition that comes along with that. And even with men too, it's just, it's something that we essentially need to do together to heal and to come back into that place. Yeah, definitely. You know, in the tantric philosophy there, it's a non-dual tradition. So there is the concept of Purusha and Prakriti, the masculine and the feminine, that were separated at some point, but the natural state is union, is wholeness. And all of us have elements of both. All of us have the elements of the solar and the lunar, the masculine and the feminine. And when we come together in relationship with others and we can embody the fullness again of who we are, I think that there can be such wonderful expression and gifts of connection that are not available to us if we are trying to stay within the box of who society tells us we're supposed to be. And I'll just ask a question. Um, I would love for anyone to even comment about this and create more conversations. But who is it in society that tells us what to be or who to be? And how do we allow that to dictate? I mean, there's so many different layers of that. <laughs> this weekend, I was actually just with a group. I was holding a retreat and one woman who has a teenage daughter shared a really terrible experience that the daughter and a couple of her friends have gone through this summer because of the impressions and the exposures that they are seeing on social media around body image and body weight and the expectations of girls. And so that led us even to a conversation of, well, whose expectations are this? And how is it allowed that there can be that much power from these external forces of telling each individual about their bodies or defining how they are allowed to be expressed in different realms? Yeah, as a, as a mother of daughters, I feel really passionately aligned with unwinding some of these messages that come through media. It was really interesting. I, I mentioned to you that a friend and I had signed up for a course and there was this talk about money and there were lots of different speakers, women, all women who are incredibly successful in their businesses. And there was this one speaker about halfway through that came in and started talking about, um, you know, allowing men to support your life. 
like really just allowing that to be and like tuning into that and unlocking abundance codes and stepping into your feminine and letting letting the masculine support you and you know really take care of you and a friend and I who had taken this course together kind of just stopped listening altogether. It was really triggering. Uh, in a way, it felt very, for us, and everyone might take this a certain way, but for us, it, uh, and for me particularly, I can only speak for me, it took the integrity away from the whole thing, sadly. And it felt like a, a regression into the prostitute archetype which i feel disempowers both women and men and i really long for a society that moves away from that you know my mother it was a joke between my sister and my mother we grew up with her phrase you need a man <laughs> you need you need to open a jar of peanut butter you need a man you need to pay your rent you need a man you need to do anything you need a man and my sister and i were like fiercely independent as a result of that and I tried to pass that on to my daughters, independent from the messages that were given about what is appealing to men, independent from the messages that are given about what our bodies should look like. And I really am fierce about that because I was raised in such a way where there was a lot of disempowerment around the feminine. And I think it's epically important to reclaim that for our own sovereignty and for the men as well, so that they can come into a relationship fully without expectation without attachment and clinging and needing and really as whole individuals and as you share that i'm thinking a bit about my childhood where my mom's message to my sister and to myself was you don't need a man to do these things and she <laughs> she exposed us to this way that we learned to become really handy and really crafty but almost to the point that I was stubbornly and fiercely independent where I then had a really hard time accepting help not even help with the man that was pursuing me romantically but help in general because I had this narrative in my mind that no you learn to do it yourself and so I don't have children of my own but just thinking of my little nephew and how impressionable he is and he's filled with so much compassion and grace as I watch him interact in the world but this has been a conversation that I've had within my own mind since he's been born as to how to be a guide for him but not to impose my own beliefs and I mean you and I have been doing all the work that we are immersed in now for for decades <laughs> and that's really become our own journey of deepening our practices dewiring stories and beliefs that no longer feed us or nourish us and looking at different perspectives in ways that can really enhance our own journey but how do we all come at it at this point where we are not overstepping our own experiences and pushing them on children, nieces, nephews, younger beings that will have, eventually, they'll be guiding lights in the world and, and sharing wisdom down. And it, there's just so much to it in the way of, of where our own conditioning 
meets us and then the opportunity of how we can embrace a new way of healing, of looking at the possibilities and the potential of our empowerment, of our deep vitality from within. And that includes our sexual sexuality and sexual power. And it's also how we choose to use it, not in manipulation, but use it in this beautiful force of connection and radiance. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. I love everything you just said. And it's so important that we look at our children and be mindful, all of the children that we get to be around, be mindful of how impressionable they are and how our words are going to be with them forever so that we really understand what it is that we're trying to impress upon them. We're clear in our values and our intentions and the ways that we share them. And I do think that, oh my gosh, what you said about being in the radiance of connection, that is so beautiful. And that is what's possible. When we unwind all of those interjections, those belief systems that have been placed upon us that are not ours, that have created perhaps this move into the opposite direction of say fierce independence both of us came there a different way but softening away from that and coming back into the yes i can receive and i can give it's like an infinity symbol and we're all in this reciprocal relationship with one another in, from the trees in the forest to the mycelium underneath and the networks that exist within our own microbiomes to the dynamics within which we interact with one another. We are ultimately, hopefully, coming home to this interconnectedness that allows us empowerment, threads of individuation within the web of connection, sovereignty, lack of manipulation, a deep connection to radiance and compassion. It's powerful. It's so powerful. And I was just drinking in everything that you were saying and just naming different aspects of nature and the interconnectedness. And maybe that's now where we invite our community here. How does this quote that led us into this conversation and just to seed in the, to this conversation but how do you find yourself living in both worlds and is that what kind of relationship do you have with yourself within both worlds and I do feel that there's so much more to unpack and explore in this way we do have a few topics specifically that we've been discussing on our own through our own conversation. So we will continue with this, but opening this up to everyone as to what is your relationship like within both worlds? The liminal space and the tangible reality. Who is Mother Night and why do we need her now? So let us know your thoughts. As always, we're so grateful for your time, your presence, your connection, and 
Kate, I'm so grateful for you and for these threads of connection that continue to we have a beautiful web that will hopefully enhance not only our lives, but the lives of all who they touch. Likewise, thank you, Jeanette, and thank you to each of you who joined in listening to this conversation. Until next time. That's it for today. Thank you, beautiful one, for being here with us. We hope you've learned something or felt inspired in a new way. If so, we hope you'll share this podcast. It's really helpful to us if you can go in and leave a review. This helps us reach more people and build this beautiful community. And in the meantime, we invite you to nourish your body, mind, and spirit.